welcome back guys. It's Mountain Meditations. Yes, we're still alive. We're still here. I know you were worried about us, but you know, we're 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 here. We're safe. Um I hope you guys are safe. Yeah, stay inside, people. Yeah, stop going outside. Stop going to Target. You're annoying me, honestly. I'm tired of looking at you. You shouldn't be shopping for pillows during a quarantine emergency. That's just my opinion. Anyways, hot um, take, we know. Yeah, I know that's a little controversial for some of you out there. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is, uh, so Tristan essentially uh, gave me a list of movies that he thought were essential uh, watches for me specifically, and I guess for a lot of people. So if you haven't seen these movies uh, that I, I go through and that we both go through, go ahead and try to watch them because... Uh, he picked some really interesting ones, and so I watched oh a movie a movie every day for a week, uh, seven movies. How was that? Because I, um, I did that for like two years in high school, and I regret it. it no, I'm kidding. I don't regret it. But <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's not something I'm used to. Like, I watch shows, and I'll watch things, um, you know, but like very short things, but watching movies is a lot different. It was kind of fun in that I would look forward to like, okay, what's the movie going to be today, and what depression am I in, in store for today? All right, they um, weren't all sad. <laughs> most of them were though, but um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I, I don't know. It was it was interesting, um, and the movies had a lot to do with that. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. And do you want to we'll, run them through what season three is first? Oh, yeah, yeah. We need to explain what season right. three was. So what happened was uh, we, we recorded an intro video for season yeah. three, and, and my mic is, was messing up, and the audio was unusable. But we'll just yeah. run through it right now. Season yeah. three, we were going to do Meet the Experts, which was mm -hmm. just us having guests on to talk about specific things. We're going to talk about Melee, going to bring my buddy Paxton on. We're going to talk about furries, bring Daniel on again. Maybe talk about some weeb stuff, have my older brother on. Um, but due to quarantine, we can't really do that. So we're, instead, we're doing Meet the Guinea Pigs, where we're going to take certain things, test them on ourselves, and talk about them. Uh, yeah. Today, we're talking about, or this, uh, these next two podcasts, we're going to talk about music and movies. Chris mm -hmm. is super into music, and I'm super into movies. Yeah. Uh, so I put together seven films for him. Not super classic movies that you absolutely need to watch, because my thought was, you could go, go into Google, type, like, top 100 classic movies, and you'll get some really good movies. But I wanted... Uh, seven movies to really show him what I was about with movies, what made me really want to watch a lot of movies and go into the art, delve into the art of filmmaking, if that makes sense. Because yeah. like I said, there was a time in high school, sophomore, junior year, I watched a movie every single day. I would go mm -hmm. to the Walmart bargain bin after school and just pick up a DVD. Um, I still have most of them lying around somewhere in my old house. Uh, the, Chris, you can tell him the movies I picked for you. Yeah, sure. Let's just uh, go through the list. I'll, I'll go in the order of which I'm going to talk about them, which is also the order in which I watch them. Yeah. So, um, first one was Her. Second one was Event Horizon. Third one was The Holy Mountain. Fourth one was Falling Down. Fifth one was The Raid. And then Rush Hour. And then Of Mice and Men. All so, right. so I, had a, I had a little bit of thought of why I wrote, of why I put these in. I okay. try to kind of mix and match genres because there's 
a lot a lot of genres of movies just like there's a lot of oh, genres yeah. of music and it's not always super clear cut as like is this a surrealist film is it an absurdist film stuff like that you can have like hours and hours of conversations about like the differences between genres i wanted to get like as many bare bones good uh like well uh thought out genres as i could so we picked yeah. rush hour because it's a comedy it's an action movie and just as well it's a buddy cop movie which was a mm-hmm. really big deal uh the raid was a foreign film which i think everybody could like do to see more of and it is an absolutely amazing action film i think it really started off the whole john wick uh john wick wave her is kind of a kind of a surrealist kind of deal it's a very technological film it's about it's a very romantic film and i think i thought chris would like it because he talks to me a lot about like romance in the modern era with things yeah. like online dating tinder mm-hmm. etc you know what the deal is and it kind of goes into that event horizon is a science fiction horror film there's a lot of horror films out there like you could uh like as i said top 100 horror movies into google get a lot out of that alien the exorcist evil dead mm-hmm. stuff like that but event horizon is really good and it's kind of a science fictiony element in space so it's not alien and super like i anybody could say a lot about alien there's nothing about alien i could already i could tell you that you haven't already heard but mm-hmm. event horizon doesn't get talked about enough for how good it is falling down chris and i watched the joker on his birthday and i thought mm-hmm. falling down was a really good comparison i thought falling down was better because uh, I thought the jo- Joker was pretty mediocre. Holy Mountain. I love this movie. I really do. And I thought Chris... I-, I wanted to just throw it at Chris and see what he thought. <laughs> and Of Mice and Men. It's a tragedy kind of deal. I wanted the whole comedy and tragedy thing. And um, it's really good. The book is better in my opinion, but not by much. Uh, and I thought that... Um, it was one of the first, like book to movie adaptations that i actually liked because mm-hmm. i was I, I remember i read aragon growing up and the book to movie adaptation was so terrible i watched that one i was like okay it can be done it has been done <laughs> all right chris kick us off all right so i got my notes here um we'll start Me with too. her all so right. the first thing I, I noticed about this and amanda noticed this as well because she came in halfway through she came back from work while i was watching it um, very bright pops of color, just from a purely visual standpoint. Um, these they're these like beautiful red tones throughout the whole. Um, like the color grading was just beautiful, and I thought that the red was interesting because it's always seen as a sort of like love and passion color, which is what this movie is about is about love. Um, and I, I feel like it contrasted in a lot of scenes. It would contrast how dead inside (laughs) he sort of felt in that the way he was going through a lot of things in terms of like he had been through a divorce or actually he was in the process of going through a divorce and so he was having trouble romantically in his life and so it it, it, the outside world visually um contradicted that which i thought was interesting um it, it feels like he just wanted someone to spend time with and um everything i feel like that happens shows his just lack of connection to the world even though he he displays like feelings of he he wants he's he's really in tune with romance in general because he actually that's his job is literally like creating romantic or love letters of any kind for people that's what he does for a living so um 
So the scene where he's seen, yeah, I, this was a, uh, an element I thought was pretty cool was what they did with the, um, they, they were able to separate when Amy Adams and her boyfriend, I think, or husband, I can't remember, when they're in the elevator with the main character, um, he, he feels, you can tell he feels very uncomfortable. He's like shrinking away because they're being sort of couple-y. There's also, of course, this element between Amy Adams and her boyfriend that arises later on that the boyfriend is kind of just a douche. But um, it, you can tell that there's this this um, distancing between the main character. I can't remember his name. The main character and um, the couple. And they show this by keeping the shots separate. They never show them all together in one shot. They do it by cutting back and forth between them to show that they're not together. He doesn't feel a closeness to other humans. He feels very isolated. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So I I kind of compared this to Shape of Water in a way because it was about falling in love with something that is not entirely human. And I think this, this succeeded in a lot of ways that Shape of Water didn't in that sh it showed him finding connection in a being that also felt disconnected, which was supposed to be the way that Shape of Water was in the way that the fish that she has sex with is um, somewhat human in a lot of ways and feels disconnect from the world in the same way that the AI in her feels entirely disconnected from humans and actually shows, um, I, I want to say feelings, but she, in a way, she sh um, she'll say things like, I wish I had emotions or I, I wish I could feel and stuff like that. And I think that's interesting um, and was very successful in that way. And it, it was it was really good. Um, okay. She showed a lot of human qualities, which I know was programmed in, which is right, kind of funny right. if you think about it. But, um, oh, and there's a part that he mentioned the divorce um, with his wife happened because he was so distant. I thought this was interesting. He said he would close himself off to his wife and hide things from her. And yet... With this AI, he tells her literally everything that happens. So, in a way, I feel like his problem with relationships was that he was afraid of judgment. And something that is not actually a human is the only thing that he felt could not judge him. And so, in that way, he was sort of safe from this judgment. Um, I like and why he'll, he'll only confide in, like, a non-human being like that. Um, and... The voice has him... So, oh, one thing I thought was interesting, and I think this was supposed to be sort of him going through the stages of, like, love and stuff like that, but he went outside more, as opposed to most um, depictions of technology. That's why this was a breath of fresh air, in that it wasn't an entirely negative thing. It wasn't this thing like, oh, phones are bad, people, you know, technology so, are some bad. Some boomer, like, Sunday comic strip <laughs> stuff. It's like, phone yeah. bad hate my wife <laughs> yeah that kind of thing like it wasn't like that at all because it actually while he was falling in love with the ai he actually was encouraged to go outside more he was sitting there's a scene where he's sitting on the beach and he's just like looking out into the sunset and he's just thinking wow this is so beautiful and i'm sharing this with this other being and so that's was that was the thing that was more about love than it was about you know technology and and I liked that, that it was a it was a real thing. And that's what he felt is a real love. But um 
Yeah, I don't know. I, there was also, there was a lot I could talk about with this movie. That's why I have so many notes compared to the other ones. But the last yeah. thing I'm going to say is, I think he had, the reason he loved the AI was because he had zero expectations. And as opposed to human beings where he had very high expectations, um, cause he made this comment when they're, well, they're not walking together, but he was walking through, I can't remember. It was like a, a circus or there was something going on, some kind of event where there were people outside, talk, outside talking. And he was like, Hey, look at that guy. And he was like, um, I bet that guy's a really nice guy. And I bet he loves her so much. And, cause he was with a woman and he cares about her so much. And I feel like he was projecting in a way because he was sort of doing this thing where... The guy didn't wasn't a very attractive man, and I think he was sort of projecting this feeling of like, well, this guy loves a lot, and he may not be the best, but he uh, he cares for a woman, and you know stuff like that. And so I think it was a a good play off of. I think this was a good play off of like the whole incel, um, you know. That, that whole stereotype where it's like yeah. he's a loner and he's a, you know, and there are always these, this negative connotation that comes with that. But with this, I felt that there was, um, there were ways to see that while him also not being a total loner in that he had had a wife, he had been through a divorce, he was just a normal person, but he also did have these expectations that were unrealistic and those came out later on. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to keep what I thought about it short and sweet because I'm not the focus here. There is an African proverb that I like that kind of kind of sort of goes with it. Uh, it goes, the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. And that kind of goes into the idea that if you aren't like accepted and cared for in some facet of society, people will in general seek it out in other ways. That can be through something like the African proverb talked about, violence. To, get to garner attention, you can think about like how children of uh, divorced parents, they act out a lot to like uh, get attention and like uh, force their parents to spend more time with them. And I think that kind of relates here. Uh, I remember at the beginning, there's uh, Theodore, the main character, he goes on a blind date with um, some lady, I can't remember what her name was, I think Lumen sets it up for him, but when he, it goes well, and when he like doesn't He's too, like, shy to promise to see her again. She starts, like, berating him, insulting him, and then she dips. Yeah. And then later yeah. on in the movie, he goes to, like, sign off on his divorce papers, and that's not fun. So he's yeah. he's just this, like, lonely guy that's not super confident, kind of just being, like, pushed down and pushed away by society. And mm -hmm. when he actually, like, tries to go out, and when he tries to, like, be with another person, like, they can't understand or they can't handle the idea that... He has problems, too, that he's shy, that he can't, like, just jump into something, and they right. just immediately attack him for it. He's not yeah. really shown any kind of, like, patience or understanding, so he goes off and he's finds, he finds another way to do it. And you can see, like, uh, when Samantha goes offline for a little while, they're, they, Samantha, their AIs, they make some, uh, other, like, super AI, and uh, I think it's modeled after Alan Watts, something like that. Yes. Um, goes off for a little while, he starts freaking the fuck out. And so yeah. it's like he, he's been berated. He's been berated so much that yeah. he finally finds some kind of warmth and acceptance. That leaves too, and he's just like, "Fuck, it's happening again!" Mm -hmm. And finally comes back, and you know, Samantha talks about how he's like, she's, she and the other AIs are talking to a lot of different people, and the AI, AI leaves. But at that point, you know, Samantha had left, and she came back, 
And she came back and she told me that, like, uh, yeah, I've talked to other people, but that makes my love for you deeper. And I think that kind of, like, gives him, like, that that idea of, I think the word is closure. Closure and yes. acceptance. Like, so even though yeah. they really do have to leave again, he is more able to uh, handle that because he under because he has uh, felt the warmth of the village, if you will. Like, he's, yeah. he's been accepted. He's, like, had all this so he can better deal with that sort of thing. That was good. Yeah. All right, Chris, what's number two? Um, number two was Event Horizon. Oh, so, boy. I so, love this movie. All right, so here's what happened. So when I started watching this, I didn't realize what I was getting into. And so, I told you it was a horror movie, didn't I? Well, I, I think you mentioned it, but I, 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 what I usually I love to go in blind when it comes to movies, so I oh. don't think about anything that's, like, you know. No, I don't, that's good. I like Sometimes it. I don't even watch trailers just so I can, like, better appreciate. Because the way I think of it is that the director and all the people involved are making this story so that this is why I've always thought people who look up spoilers and stuff like that Super are whack. Yeah, I just don't get it. Because, like, the way this person has laid out this thing is a journey for you. And you have to be experiencing that emotionally for you to fully get what's going on. So if you ruin that by, like, experiencing things out of order, then you're just ruining the whole experience of the movie. That's just my opinion. Um, but anyways, so with Event Horizon, I was thinking, you know, oh, oh, this is, you know, it's, it's the guy from Jurassic Park. Like, this is going to be like Jurassic Park. It's going to be, like, kind of creepy. It's going to have suspense. And boy, we <laughs> we really got into this. So... It, it, you know, it it's, started out. It's a out, good movie, though, right? Yeah, it's but good. like, it was so intense. Like, it had yeah. all these jump scares. Yeah, and like, I was terrified. Like, yeah. I was, I was alone. Yeah, and I was scared. And so, you needed it, Amanda to come and tell you that everything's gonna be okay. I know. <laughs> so, let me let me do the camera one second. Okay. I love Event Horizon so much. It was the, I remember, um. I used to, my favorite genre movie is comedy, by far. I love comedy movies. Uh, and I think it's, like, super trendy to say you love horror movies, but I love comedy movies. I never really liked horror that much. I didn't like being scared. I remember because mm -hmm. uh, my cousin showed me um, Child's Play, the movie with the Chucky doll, like, growing up. And I was like, fuck, I don't want a doll anymore. Because <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't, because I remember uh, my younger brother, had a, like a doll and I was just like that thing's gonna turn alive and it's gonna kill me yes yeah. and you know eventually like I watched Event Horizon later and I was I think I was a teenager I was like 13 or 14 I was like this was actually a lot of fun it's like I'm not just a six-year-old kid having a horrible prank pulled on him by his yeah. teenaged cousins this is actually <laughs> enjoyable now <laughs> there's this uh there's this Daniel Tosh bit that I relate to horror movies a lot it's like spinach is a lot like anal sex if you're forced to have it as a child you won't enjoy it as an adult I feel the same way about horror movies wow that's messed up <laughs> let's move on all right um <laughs> so anyways I it so obviously there was this theme of man messes too much with nature yeah. and science and things like that and the doctor has created this like black hole and it's gone completely out of control, which is sort of similar to Jurassic Park. Uh, very similar, actually. But the thing I noticed about it is that it reminded me of old haunted house movies in the fact that it was like it was literally just a haunted house, a classic haunted house movie in space, which makes it even scarier because you don't know what the heck is out there. But anyways, because it's like the whole ship is essentially turning against them and it's finding its own 
you know, it's, it has its own um, consciousness, you know, it's, it's yeah. like, it's the monster. And so I thought there were a lot of spiritual elements that were interesting. They talked a lot about hell and they talked about, you know, they had like, there were voices of loved ones, like from the past that were coming forward and everyone was going crazy. And it turned out that the, the people on the um, last voyage on the ship had all gone insane and like murdered each other, which was uh, horrifying. But yeah, I, I was just on edge the entire time. And it like, it was really cool. I, I enjoyed it, but I also would not want to watch it again <laughs> just because. Okay. okay, I'm going to tell you what I feel and I'm going to keep it short again. Okay. So this is a very, very good case of protagonist competence. There are a lot of horror movies where there could be so many fewer victims if only the main characters weren't morons. There are so yeah. many movies where people die just because they're stupid. But in this movie, the people are smart. You can think mm -hmm. about the main character, Morpheus from <laughs> The Matrix. Yes. Remember when uh, the young kid is like blasted out into space? And he's yeah. like, fuck, I'm going to die. And Morpheus yeah. tells him, all right, shut your eyes real tight. Take all the air out of your lungs. That way you'll survive. That actually, yeah. to me, was really cool. Because this was a guy who was like, okay, I'm going to go in here and figure out what's going wrong. And then he figures like, okay, shit's out of my hands. My, my main ideal right now is to save my crew. He doesn't like take wild... He doesn't have wild panic attacks. He doesn't like outwardly... He shows emotion, but he's like mm -hmm. got it under control. And that actually makes the scary parts scarier. Because when things go wrong, things went wrong with a plan. You can think about, like, um, in, any, in any kind of slasher flick, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre would never happen because people in Texas have a gun. Yeah. Let's be real. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre wouldn't happen if you just, like, stayed strapped and then Leatherface gets clapped. But <laughs> in this situation, it doesn't matter how strapped you are because That's you're up true. against, like, the ship and hell. It's like, why? Yeah. He, he goes straight from figure out what's wrong, okay, get everybody off and, like, get everybody alive. He goes from that point a to point b really quickly he's yeah. not he doesn't like dude he doesn't go captain ahab you know captain ahab thinks i gotta fucking kill this white whale he's like all right let's get the heck out of dodge let's get out of here yeah and the ship is actually against him so when things go wrong and when people get got it's actually way scarier because it's like this yeah. was a plan a well right. thought out plan and it went wrong anyway it's just yeah. like oh that it's like now it's not like it's not like the texas chainsaw massacre where it's a bumbling fat guy who just gets lucky and grabs teenage girls. This is a absolute monster who yeah. actually, like, thinks about... And the ship and the, the main antagonist, I can never remember the, the scientist's name, they actually, like, they really... It really seems like they think they think out the whole, I, the whole plan. It's like, we're yeah. gonna get this guy and that guy, we're gonna do this, we have backups and all this stuff. You can remember, like, uh, they radio to the, to the surgeon, I think it was, where they go, hey... Professor's fucking crazy. Like, be ready. He might try to attack you. And the guy immediately goes like, "Okay." He's not like, "Oh God, it's I'm gonna die." He's like, he grabs a weapon and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna be ready." But yeah, he, even though he was ready, he still gets got. And that's what makes it really good. The mm -hmm. antagonist is a monster. He's ready to go. He has yeah. one. He's got murder on his mind. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> that's good. That's a good point. I didn't think yeah. about it that way, but now that you're saying it, like. Yeah, there's that happens with a lot of TV shows. I can think with a lot of TV shows as well. I can think about um, one that really stuck out to me was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Three: Stardust Crusaders. Mm. So many fewer people would have gotten killed if the protagonist just like thought about it for like f just thought <laughs> thought about things for like five minutes. All right, 
protagonist <laughs> competence is sick because it makes yeah. the bad guys more dangerous. Right. All right. All right, Chris, what's number three? The Holy Mountain. The Holy Mountain? <laughs> so, once again, went in blind. Um, came out blind because <laughs> I gouged my eyes out. No, but this, this movie taught me a lot of things. It taught me a lot about myself and the way I view art because art to me, visual art that's not movies, so, and, and music as well, I've always thought of in this like, well not always, but I sort of learned as I went on and became more competent, which happens as you as you learn about something, because I went through school, you know, I went through graphic design classes, and I learned more about art and I gained an appreciation for things that I otherwise would have snubbed. He's and flexing so, his degree right now. <laughs> and so I realized that I hold a completely different standard for movies than I do for that. And I think that's probably due to my incompetence with, with movies. Hey. Um, no, I, I really think so, because I think as That's you go harsh, through though. something, you gain... It is, a, I'm calling myself stupid, but it, it is <laughs> on, a Chris. thing where it's like, as you go on through something, you gain appreciation for the things that you wouldn't otherwise, because now you can see things in a different light. And right now, I can't see <laughs> this in the way that I think I could if I were more confident about movies. But I'll, I'll, I'll keep going with this. I have very specific rules for what a movie, what I think a movie should be, you know, in quotes. Because, as opposed to art, where art can be anything, where, you know, you can go to a museum and see a, a, a toilet and be like, oh, this is art because, and like, I understand that and I've grasped that. But with a movie, for some reason, I have these rules where I'm like, a movie must have this basic plot where like, well, not basic plot, but it must have a plot with this character who I'm you know, attached to and who um, has interesting dialogue and, you know, there's action and stuff like that. And all of these are the, the standards I hold. And, like, that's what makes something a movie to me. And then okay. now I'm realizing that, you know, there is so much more out there that I, I just haven't experienced yet. And The Holy Mountain was one of those things. Um, it, it, this wasn't, I didn't enjoy watching it. I was more just perplexed. I understood that there were themes going on of, like, criticism of, you know, Western cultures. I got that when they were going through, like, the, the factories of, like, they had a, uh, a factory where um, they created just, like, giant um, bulges for people and giant, like, boobs that you could just, like, slap on yourself. And it was, like, fashion. And, like, I, I got it. Like, it was very, that was very in-your-face. And then the whole thing, like, Jesus is, like, the protagonist, but it's not actually Jesus, and like capitalism being because they replicated him while he was asleep, and this whole thing of like consumer culture and um, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I got it, um, but I still didn't enjoy it. This wasn't my least favorite movie because I've seen Eraserhead before, but this wasn't my least favorite movie. But have you seen that, by the way, Tristan? I don't think I've seen Eraserhead. Well, that is that's one along these lines. But that's it's, on my list now. Yeah, you. I can't go, wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 is my least favorite movie. Um, but yeah, it it was just hard for me to enjoy, and I realize that's because of my own, um, you know, my own okay. close-mindedness. So, I'll say. So I'm going to relate Holy Mountain 1973 version to another piece of work. 
which won't surprise you. Well, it might surprise you. A lot of people talk about Holy Mountain. They talk about, like, um, this is something that I see a lot, like Life of Brian. How, you know, it's Life of Brian is a uh, satirical Monty Python film. It's about a guy who's not Jesus, or maybe he is Jesus, and everybody thinks he's Jesus, but he doesn't think that he is. And in Holy yeah. Mountain, one guy is supposed to be a messianic figure, but I guess he really isn't. Then the immortals right. come through. Turns out they're not real. Stuff, spoilers. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot of things, but I think about it a lot in terms of the book Ulysses. Have you ever read that, Chris? No. So Ulysses is a is a book that a lot of people talk about a lot. It was uh it's a book that was allegedly written in a twenty four hour stream of consciousness. It's a very long book. The writer was an insane person. Uh, he was an absolute alcoholic, and he just like for twenty four hours he just wrote a stream of consciousness. And it was basically a very long-winded, super pretentious book about the British occupation of Ireland and had a lot of, like, entry-level um, symbolism and a lot of deeper symbolism. And I think about them in the same way. One of the first passages in Ulysses is a note from the author where he's, not, where he's talking about the book, where he's actually, like, he, he, paraphrasing, of course, he says, it's going to be really hard to understand this book, and I did that on purpose. You have to understand that. And it's the same thing with Holy Mountain. It's very hard to understand Holy Mountain, and that's on purpose. You're not really supposed to understand it, if that makes sense. Uh, you mm. can. It's basically like um, this big mishmash of all these different uh, themes and motifs, and you kind of project yourself onto it, if that makes sense. And this might be seeming really pretentious right now, but I'm going to bring it all the way back. This movie is supposed to be pretentious, and it's supposed to kind of like bring out that part of you that kind of like tries to see deeper into a movie. Uh, there's a lot of surface level stuff where like Chris was talking about, you slap uh, breasts on yourself. That's supposed to be about like um, sexualization of people. There's yeah. a lot of deeper stuff about like religious dogmatism, how yeah. even if somebody is a really great guy, they might not be a messianic figure. They might just mm -hmm. be a guy that follows their own personal life rules. It's a, I believe that it's supposed to bring that part out of you. I think that anybody can like really delve into art and really like find something meaningful in it and this mm -hmm. movie is supposed to like teach you how to do that it says look at all these symbols look at these uh look at these metaphors look at them look at them and try to think about them and like, it really shows you like how deep you can take a piece of art even if you're not really supposed to chris talked about you see a toilet and maybe it is art and maybe it's just some person who's like on crack trying yeah. to make a couple million dollars from a bunch of art snobs Maybe yeah. it is and maybe it isn't. You can Holy Mountain can teach you a lot. It is pretentious, but it's also satirical. It's surrealist, absurdist, religious, comedic, tragic, etc., etc. It's used. You have to look at it and find out for yourself if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You look at it, you, t you take it all in, and you learn how to like break art down. It's about like your perception towards art. I think. Okay, that's that's interesting. I I got I get what you're saying. Um, I'll have to then think again, more I about am that. Super duper pretentious about movies. So no, I mean I'm the same way about like art and music. So I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> I totally get you there. But um, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the next one because we're not moving fast enough. Uh, but there's just so much to say about all these. Yeah. So the next one I watched was Falling Down, and like Tristan said before, he sort of compared this one to The Joker in that it's like a a man feeling, um. Uh, you know, further and further yeah. pushed away it's a by descent society. into madness kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I thought it was 
an interesting play on morality in that it was like people are more likely to allow themselves to be mean to other people when they depending on their own situations so like depending on what's happening in your life i've noticed some people will most people in fact will make exceptions for themselves like for example if you're having a bad day it's okay to be mean to somebody because you're having a bad day because and they use these sort of excuses in the same way that um, the main character in Falling Down uses everything that's gone wrong with his life and as an excuse to essentially terrorize everyone. He goes through a man's um, shop, and he, this is actually the beginning of the movie, and he destroys things with a baseball bat. And as he's doing it, he's asking the man what the price is, and then he's telling them that the price is too high, and then he destroys it. And so right. in this way, and this all started because he was complaining because the guy wouldn't let him, um, I, it was something to do with like the price of what he wanted to buy wouldn't let him have a quarter for his phone call afterwards. And it's like, all right, like, and he was stuck in traffic, which is why he finally decided to do this. And I thought a good way that the story was presented, this was very good in that it, it, um, played out that you learn things about this man's character like as you went on. At first you thought it was just a guy who was just going crazy, and then you realize that this, which it kind of was, but, and then you realize this had been building for a long time. He had gotten fired from his job. You know, he had a divorce and hadn't been able to see his daughter, and he missed his daughter. And, but then you also learn even further from that that he was actually not even a nice person to the people around him. His own mom was scared of him. His um, wife was scared of him said that he had never actually, like, hit her, but that she had always felt threatened in a way. And, like, he had that sort of power over her in that he could enact violence if he wanted to, but he never did. And then finally he's now doing it. And he lets a guy um, die on the golf course. I think the guy ends up dying. It's an old man who has a heart attack. And he just stands there and stands over him and mocks him. And he does all of this, like... It... It, it comes from his own, um, his own, he feels that the world has done him injustice, and so he feels perfectly okay with doing it to other people, and yet he also keeps his own rules for himself. Like, he has rules, like, he goes through the shop destroying things, and the, when the guy's like, no, don't hit me, then he looks at him like he's an idiot, he's like, why would I hit you? You know, as he's holding a baseball bat, like, as he's, like, enacting violence, yeah. he's like, he still has these weird more, and there are a couple of scenes that happen like that, where people will be like, oh, no, don't do that. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. In the shop, he's like, take my money. And he's like, why would I take your money? I'm not a thief. You know, and he has it. And w like the guy, the Nazi that he meets up later on, um, that he, that sort of, that looks up to him because he thinks that he's also a Nazi. And he's like, what, what is wrong with you? I'm not a Nazi. I'm an American. <laughs> and it's like, as he goes along through this terror, he still holds these standards for himself which just shows how much he is inside his own head, how he he can't, he really can't see what's happening to himself. And yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. He had his own, these own weird rules, even though he was breaking all of the other rules, he still held himself to these weird standards and thought of himself as a good person all in the end. Okay. So, so I'm gonna relate this yeah. to two different characters from two different TV shows, Doctor Who and Breakout Kings. There's a, a quote from Doctor Who that I like for this movie. Uh, it's where the Doctor is taking these people on, and he says, 
Good people don't need rules. Now's not the day to figure out why I have so many. And the second one is a serial killer from Breakout Kings. Breakout Kings is a TV show about people who break out of prison. It's a team of uh, prison inmates who bring them back in. Every time they successfully do that, they get a month shaved off their sentence. And one of the people on the team is a psychologist, a child prodigy psychologist who kind of tries to figure out how people, how the breakout people think and try to figure out their next move from there. And they're talking about this one guy who has very uh, odd patterns. He'll kill two people, let two others live. He'll do this and then he'll do that. And basically what he figures out is he like allows certain people to live and he does certain things for other people. And that's how he convinces himself that he's a good person. He has rules yeah. for himself, which yeah. makes him even more dangerous. Because when he can justify his actions, he is so much more likely to take even more extreme measures. One True. of the first things that happens is he has a the, the killer has a prosthetic hand. And he is going to get it replaced. And he's in an armed car. And the officers are braiding me. He's like, I can't believe you. One of the officers says, I can't believe this is bullshit. Like, my uncle is a veteran, and he can't get his prosthetic hand replaced. And the guy goes, well, my hand's cracking like the Liberty Bell. Look, he takes it off. He sharpened it to his stump, and he kills the two guards. And then he uh, kills the driver, and he exits out of the car. And uh, the car crashes. He gets out. Uh, and a guy with his son, like, stops and asks him, if you go okay? And killer pulls out a gun that he took from the guards, and he's just like, look, I think you should do what I want. Because I got a gun, and you got a son. So he takes the guy's clothes and he steals his car. And that's like his whole thing. He's okay with like killing all the security guards that have nothing to do with what's going on. Because yeah. he's, he spared the guy and his son. The guy from falling down is perfectly fine with property damage. He's okay mm -hmm. with like going on a rampage because he's stuck in traffic. Because he's yeah. not a Nazi. Well, he's not a thief. But you are a killer. <laughs> it's that yeah. kind of thing where it's like people with a lot of rules aren't necessarily good people. It's not just the rules that you have, it's yeah. also what you do with them. Do you use those rules to like let yourself live a good life or do you use those rules to excuse other actions? Mm -hmm. All right, good. next movie. Nice. Okay, so the next one, um, The Raid. So the I Raid. didn't have a lot to say about this just because I loved the movie. And like, yeah. there wasn't anything that I was like, you know, I wasn't seeing into deeper meanings of things. I was just enjoying it. And I was yeah. just loving it. It's like and John like, Wick. Yeah, it was. But it was like, and I want to show it to my parents because my mom was always super into like um, martial arts and yeah. like choreography. This had the best fight choreography I've ever seen. Right. This was so good. Like there, th that scene where they have, and here's another thing I was going to bring up is, um, I think we've both seen this video. I can't remember if it's every frame of painting that does this video, but they talk about Jackie the, Chan. It, yes. The Jackie Chan, yep, every um, frame of painting, Jackie Chan, the okay. master of action and comedy. Yes. And so I, I was seeing a lot of that unfold in front of me in that there, there, there's this specific thing that they talk about where if you change the shot in the middle of a punch or as the punch is uh, yep. being inflicted on someone, you, uh, you reduce, well, you actually like reduce the impact of that happening. So like if, if I go to punch someone oh, I was thinking and then, yeah, if I like, let's say if I go to punch someone and then it cuts away right as the impact happens and then yeah. goes to another scene or another shot, which happens a ton in regular movies, then you don't get that like, you don't see the punch happen. And so it's, I saw 
the opposite of that in that I saw good choreography that didn't have to be masked by camera tricks because these were legitimately like athletic dudes yeah. that were doing insane that little guy with the long hair that fights yeah. two guys at once that's the most <laughs> impressive thing I've ever seen like and just destroys both of them and so yeah all right that I'm was gonna just keep a lot really of fun. short uh for me personally uh I, I watch a significant amount of YouTube videos and the videos I watch are I like to call them just people doing something really well there's this yeah. uh, video series that I watched about people making sushi. I don't really like sushi that much, but I love that <laughs> series because it's just a lot of people who are really good at sushi, just like picking out fish, cutting them up, cooking them, and then serving them. And I thought that was sick. This is the kind of movie, if you like that sort of thing, this yeah. is just a really good director, yeah. smart producers, good actors, martial artists. It's just people making, people who are good at making movies making a movie very well. It's very yeah. well made. It's a lot of fun to watch. You don't have to talk about it too much. It's just mm -hmm. like, a it's got amazing cinematography, amazing choreography, and yeah. easy to digest story. It's a lot like John Wick. John yeah. Wick is sick, and he wants to kill mm -hmm. people. Why is that? They <laughs> killed his dog. All right, yeah. run it. That's enough. The raid I'm, is I'm sick. In. <laughs> they're going to raid this. They're going to raid this building. Why? Drug lords. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Bad people. <laughs> Go get them. It's, it's great. All right. I think we're on the last one. No, we have two more. Two more. The next one right, was right, right. Um, Rush Hour. Rush so, Hour. So uh, yeah. this one also in the same vein in that it was just like an enjoyable movie. It's something I feel like I should have seen a long time ago, but I'm, you yeah. know, I finally saw now. And this like, is a classic. This is yeah. like the classic buddy cop movie in my yeah. opinion. It's yeah. like it's like Rush Hour, Bad Boys, and um, what's the It's Just Been Revoked movie? I can't remember, but that was really good too. Keep going, Chris. Um. But yeah, it just it had some really cute moments, and the action scenes were really cool because Jackie Chan he always does that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna definitely gonna show this one to my parents because I, I think they would love it. Like you know, the comedy was good. Um, what's his name? Chris um, Tucker. Chris That's Tucker. It. Yeah, really funny guy. Uh, his yeah, voice actually works perfectly for the role. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's that's that that kind of sells it for me. It's the way his voice sounds. Yeah. I can't remember if it's Rush Hour on Rush Hour 2 where someone kicks him in the face and he doesn't know it. He's like, all right, who don't kick me? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was this one. <laughs> that shit kills me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a really funny buddy cop movie. It's, it's a, you're, you're getting exactly what you want, right? right? If you want a 1980s stereotypical jacked like action star, you want to watch Rambo or Cobra, yeah. or any Arnold Schwarzenegger move from the film. If you yeah. want Bad Boys 2, but now one of them's Chinese, you watch Rush <laughs> Hour. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's a little more on the comedy side than Bad Boys, I would say. Uh, Bad Boys is a little more like spectacle and action, which I do like. It's got that Bayhem kind of vibe to it, which is a lot of fun. And then, you know, but Rush Hour is a little more grounded. It's a little more personal. Uh, they talk about, you know, my dad was a cop. And yeah. they start having, like, the dick measuring contest about whose yeah. dad was a better cop. Yeah. That was really funny. <laughs> it's, they're, they're like children who grew up playing cops and robbers actually being cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It was cute. I liked it. So then the last one. So, Of Mice and Men. I had Ugh. read, I had read the book in middle school. I still don't know why they let us read that in middle school. Um, Dude, I read it in middle school, too. Yeah, I don't know. What's wrong with them? But, um, 
Yeah, uh, I just, I hate this movie. I hate the story. I hate animals dying. I, yeah. like, the only good part is when Curly gets clapped by Lenny. Yeah. When he just, like, destroys his fist. Like, that's great. Oh, yeah. I love that's that because stuff. it's, I feel so sorry for Lenny because he just, he doesn't know what's going on. All he yeah. knows is some guy's punching him. And then it's like, well, just go for it. You know, just crush his fist. Okay, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just pure sadness. Like, I never, I'm never going to watch that again. Yeah. I, I felt, I just, no. no. But, Too many and, feelings uh, uh, going on. I will, I'll say what I say really quickly. Um, this movie tackles ableism. Which, it's, don't call me an SJW yet, just hear me out. Okay, ableism is a real thing. Like, he is a disabled person. I worked at a summer camp, and I was lucky enough to work with the disabled children, both physical and mental disabilities. And, you know, sometimes they hurt themselves, and sometimes they hurt others. And it's not necessarily their fault, you gotta be patient with them. And it also goes into, like, um, just the whole, like, how dogmatic people can be when others get hurt. Lenny accidentally uh, kills the man's fiance, maybe it was his bride, and yeah. he actually says, I'm going to shoot him in the guts, which is pretty pretty wild because shoot somebody in the guts, they usually, they actually have a pretty solid chance of living, but it does hurt like hell. This movie talks about ableism, and it's uh, kind of goes into like making the ultimate sacrifice. The only way mm -hmm. to save Lenny is to have him put down, which is yeah. a, a good talking to have about things like euthanasia which is a whole other thing, but we don't have that kind of time. Yeah. All right, yeah. Chris. It was... Tell me, it, tell me okay. how it was. Go, what, what do you mean? Like, the whole... Just the, the whole experience. Like, the whole experience. Like, how do you feel about movies now? Um, I, I want to do this more in that I need... I do need a lot. I just need to watch more movies. Like, there's so many movies I haven't seen, and there's so many that, like, I feel like everyone has seen. Like, Rush Hour, for example, like, that's a movie that, you know, everyone has seen. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of things. Um, because I, I grew up... The reason I haven't seen a lot of these movies is because I grew up watching purely old movies. I've seen a ton of old movies. If you want to talk about old movies, I'm probably the guy to talk to. Um, and so, in that way, I'm uh, there are a lot of different things. You get a lot of different things from modern movies than you do from older movies um you know plot storyline things like that are all going to be like you can find some really good plots and storylines from the past from the 40s and the yeah. 50s but the difference is now that there's so like the technology has just accelerated so much um you know cgi obviously is just huge yeah um and so i there's a lot of things that i'm learning about i want to become more proficient in um seeing things in movies i took a a beginner movie class in college you know i know what mise-en scene means and that's the extent of my knowledge so like i want to i want to become um i just want to understand things better and i want to become better at like watching movies you know and become okay. more critical so do you want to tell them about uh next week and the what i'm doing next week will be the flip side of this where tristan uh goes actually went through 14 albums and will give us his reviews of each one. We'll have to go faster for that yeah. because that'll be a I'm, long I'm episode. I'm gonna try to keep my notes to a paragraph. Yeah, and we'll see what he thinks. Holy Mount. Of... I'm not <laughs> joking. For Holy Mountain, I have like two and a half pages. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Um, I think this uh, is a good time to wrap it up. 
Yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you. This has been Mountain Meditations. We're back! We're back! We're back! <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Tristan. He's Chris. Mountain Meditations. You know where to find us. Uh, yeah. Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Double iTunes. Thing. Chris is getting married. Everybody say congratulations in the comments if you Thank care. You. Thank you. <laughs> he, I'm not invited because he doesn't like me that much. But that's and also, no, that's, there's a virus, but he's ignoring neither here that, nor there. that important <laughs> detail. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.